This is Stacey Hillier, and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the potty. It's so good to have you for episode seven of Revival Reflections today, sharing another goodie and being raw and real because it's another mistake I made, hopefully so that you don't have to make it. And then I can find purpose in my mistakes and you can flourish and that's the way the kingdom works. But before I get into today's content, I actually wanted to give a quick apology because it's super important to me to handle the word of God rightly. And I had a brain fade in an episode and I need to correct it so I can sleep again at night, not from a sense of condemnation, but just right handling of the word. So in our episode where I talked about the Lord sharing the secret with me about if you remain, I will sustain, I got a bit mixed up. And I talked about myself or us as the vine, which actually made some of the concepts a bit confusing. So forgive me because John 15 makes it super clear. Father God is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. You and I are the branches, which makes our abiding even more beautiful because the vine actually holds the branch to itself, um, which is a beautiful thing, right? So when we abide, we remain in Christ and the Father gardens our hearts. So I just wanted to correct that before I get into my content today. I think that one of the things that I really began to feel or observe about six months into this outpouring was that things were getting really intense, like fully intense. And when I say intense, I just want to say, I don't actually mean that that's a negative thing. I've been called intense in the past, like it's an insult and it's totally not. I don't apologize for the fact that I'm intense about Jesus. I love him passionately. I'm intense about the word of God because I love his words. I'm intense about the church because it's his bride. I'm intense about my family, intensely passionate. I'm intensely loyal to the people in my world. So I don't think that being intense is a negative thing, right? I think most prophets and revivalists can be a little bit intense. I've learned, actually, I'm intensely passionate about silence and meditation before the Lord. I'm intensely passionate about biblical meditation, all contemplative practices. I'm intense about having a Sabbath. So intensity doesn't always mean loud or aggressive. Intense can actually be quiet, But what's really important is in a season of revival or outpouring or just in general life, that intensity ebbs and flows and has different presentations. You know, I think the Pharisees would have thought that Jesus was pretty intense and they would have been like, man, that's one intense dude. Ask John, the revelator or the disciple whom Jesus loved. When he saw risen Christ in a vision, his appearance was so intense that John fell down like he was dead. Like Jesus was intense, man. So when we're like him, we couldn't be intense too and not have to apologize for it. But if it's only ever confrontational or it's only ever noisy, it's not a good representation or reflection of the totality of what intensity can look like or of the kingdom. It can actually get really exhausting and it can be grounded in flesh, like pressure to feel like we have to make something happen so we can become a bit intense. So At Numa, we're obviously very blessed to have a culture where the prophetic river is well and truly flowing, and that hasn't happened by accident, and maybe one day I'll share on how we fostered that. 
But you actually heard me talk about some of the intense things that were happening in this season. There was mass repentance. There was deliverance of many, many demons. Uh, We were spending hours in his presence going to depths where we were seeing facets of who Jesus is that were intense that we'd never seen before. The word was coming with real like conviction and challenge. It was like good medicine for us. We were seeing people with cancer and in wheelchairs being flown into our church to receive their breakthrough from the Lord. Demand was increasing on our schedules, on our time, on our output, on our families. Each of those things is pretty intense in and of themselves. Put them together, it was an intense season. When you're in the refiner's fire, it's intense. And the closer you get to him, the more hot the flame is and the more intense it is. So as I was processing this with the Lord, because I was like, you know, we love intensity, Lord, but I feel like some of our meetings are like going 10 rounds with Conor McGregor (laughs) or with Ronda Rousey. And maybe I was the Ronda Rousey of the meetings. (laughs) I was just like, Lord, it's getting heavy. It's starting to feel really heavy. And so I was asking him for a key for, I guess, you know, a solution. And again, just the kindness of the Lord and of the Holy Spirit. He just came so close to me. He said, I'm going to share with you the antidote to intensity. So not that you want to eliminate intensity, but the opposite end of the tension that you want to hold it with. And he began to speak to me about joy, that the antidote or the opposite end of the tension of intensity, because intensity is necessary in seasons of revival, is necessary joy. In fact, I would go so far as to say, as I reflect on this element of revival, that you can't have a true revival without it being marked by joy. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When God visits a place, he doesn't visit as an imposter. He comes as his true self. And this fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is describing the character of who God himself is. When he comes, he brings all of who he is. And this list of fruit, it's not fruits, it's fruit, is a description of his character. So where he is, there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness, not a little bit, fullness of joy at your right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. So that means you can be John the Revelator, seeing risen Christ in the most intense form you've ever seen him in and fall down as though you are dead and yet there's joy in it. So when we're talking about in these episodes about, wow, we've been repenting of so much and we're being so real with you about our own mess, right? There's joy in that for us because in his presence where all these other things have to come off and your appetites get changed and all the things are happening that are intense, there's also an intensity and a fullness of joy. And the two tethered to one another held intention is what revival looks like. I love the story of John and Carol Arnott, who led the Toronto Revival, and it was known as the Toronto Blessing, and they have visited our house in the last year. Like Some of the things that have happened happened so quickly and in such a, a compact period of time, I forget, but we had John and Carol Arnott at our church. 
what the heck? Incredible. Laid hands on our leadership team and imparted their grace to us. And what was wonderful about their story is um, Toronto Blessing was actually a revival of joy. And what that revival was marked by was uncontrollable joy and laughter in his presence. When you speak with John and Carol, they actually reflect on how people withdrew from them and created distance with them because they misunderstood this joy that was breaking out because that joy they thought couldn't exist with holiness. I'm here to tell you, we've got holiness and we've got joy. You can be holy and you can be fun because when God comes, he brings all of who he is and he is holy, but he's also joy. So you can be in his presence which is holy, his presence is holy, and yet have fullness of joy. And so they talk about that people were repenting, not with weeping and with tears, but they were repenting with joy. And that they see the fruit of that season is that people would come up off the floor out of these moments of laughing uncontrollably and these outbursts of joy, and they'd be different and transformed people. And I want to testify that this is why Joy is the antidote or the opposite end of the tension to intensity because a revival is intense. It's intense when you're in the refiner's fire, but there's fullness of joy in his holy presence. So the word joy in Psalm 1611, where it says fullness of joy, it means gladness and pleasure. So are we really experiencing his pleasure if joy is absent? Are we really in his presence if joy is absent? I think what happened to us is we became so aware of the miraculous and the marvelous ways that God was moving that we lost sight, were less aware of the availability of joy and actually that those things were meant to be catalysts for joy. They weren't meant to become a pressure that we had to see those things happen in every single meeting and we had to make those things happen in every single meeting so we were just super intense. They were meant to be catalysts for joy that when God moves in the miraculous and when he does something marvelous, that's meant to create a sense of joy and wonder within us. I want to be so clear. It is a joy to repent. There is joy in being pruned. There is joy in getting delivered from fear of man and letting the Holy Spirit take over your body and not knowing what is going to happen. There is joy in being able to trust when you don't understand. And I'm not talking a fleeting emotion here that's dependent on external circumstances. I'm talking about the character of Father God, of Jesus, and meant to be of us, the fruit of joy. That is the natural result of abiding with Christ, of beholding the face of God and dwelling in his presence. So, Let's talk about how we have begun to try and cultivate and celebrate joy in a season that is required to be quite intense. So remembering last week's episode, we did sing a million songs about joy and try to force joy from the inside out. So as the prophet, I was talking to my teams about like, guys, we're getting so intense, but there's meant to be joy in his presence, fullness of joy in his presence. And so, you know, oh, we're one plus one equals two. We were just doing our best people. So we were like, right, let's just sing a whole bunch of songs about joy and let's do prayer practices where we shake off heaviness and we, you know, just receive joy. And it was like we were trying to jam joy down people's throats. I mean, we're doing our best. So yeah, the Lord's gracious, right? But it actually just got really awkward because they're like, whoa, just 
lighten up on the joy (laughs) because joy is a fruit that comes from an inner transformation, not an external forcing. So it's an inner fruit that expresses itself outwardly. So after we made those mistakes and we're like, we're just being weird and awkward, my gosh, now we're just being intense about forcing joy down people's throats. Here's what we did discover that has worked. Firstly, testimony. We're still in the process of building a culture of testimony. Revelation 19.10 says the spirit of Jesus is prophecy and is testimony. Revelation earlier talks about we overcome by the blood of the lamb and our testimony. There's power in testimony that it actually prophesies to what could happen again in the future. That's literally what testimony means. So nothing cultivates joy quite like celebrating what the Lord is already doing. You know, Jesus healed 10 lepers, but only one came back. And when you're in a prophetic culture, it can be easy to focus on what's not fulfilled yet or what is not happening yet. And I was probably a bit there like, oh yeah, the Lord's doing great things, but there's so much more. Like, why aren't we going after them all? Like, that's what the apostolic prophetic will do. So it's been a real grounding thing to to see joy flow out of us naturally as we've gone, but look what he is doing. And if you don't have a testimony, borrow one of Jesus's from the word. There's so many testimonies in the gospels of Jesus' power. Just use one of those. Or Bill Johnson talks about, if you haven't got a new one, just talk about the one from four years ago. Well, I think about our testimony time at the end of our healing rooms. So all of the leaders stay after our healing rooms are finished and we just share testimonies. Man, joy breaks out every single time because when you talk about what God's doing, you're just going to get joyful because he's so good and because who he is is joy. So even in our services and our team meetings, even when I'm teaching in our School of the Spirit, we share testimonies to cultivate joy. And one thing I learned from the awesome Matt King, who's my revival group leader in the Bethel Leadership Network, is he says, well, when you share a testimony and you're celebrating what the Lord did, look for what the character trait is behind the sign and the wonder. Because otherwise in revival cultures, we can feel like we're pointing to the signs and the wonders or the conduit that it came through. Whereas when you look at what character trait is God showing you about himself behind that testimony, you don't point to the sign and the wonder, you point to the source of the sign and the wonder and you give glory back to God who is the source of all good things. Okay, second thing that helps cultivate joy is keep making time for a relationship. There were actually a few really important relationships in my life that began to suffer and began to feel really intense because the only time we ever saw each other was when we were planning meetings or when we were in them and trying to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. And so we lost our time for just being friends and laughing and enjoying life and this season together. So to cultivate joy, we've had to intentionally add back in relational time as a family. We've had to look at, hey, our home had become a bit like a hotel where we were roommates and or staying in rooms beside one another and coming in and coming out instead of a home. We've had to intentionally add back time for the fivefold to spend time together. We just hang out and laugh and share life together. We had to just intentionally make sure our kids were engaged in relationship again. So they've got a WhatsApp chat for all the teenage PKs that, you know, they get together and they're always laughing about the things that are happening that are intense in church life. And they've got one another to process that with. We laugh together. We laugh at ourselves. Uh, We laugh at life. We laugh a lot. 
um, we're actually really good friends. And so part of joy is just making sure you stay in relationship when the intense schedules increase. Another one is spend time beholding the joyous character of the father. You know, in meetings, I'll often ask him to show me what he's feeling about what is happening. Like, you know, there was a moment in a revival meeting recently, I was worship leading and I was on my knees just, you know, ministering to the Lord. The congregation was ministering to the Lord. And it was just so beautiful to watch the way they were just looking at him. It was so beautiful. They'd forgotten about us and they were looking at him. And I was like, Father, what are you feeling this moment when your priesthood of believers is all ministering to you like this? And, you know, there were angels in the room and it was just epic. And I went straight into just this vision. It was like, great, I'm so glad you've asked. Let me show you. And I couldn't see his face, but I knew that it was Father God sitting on the throne. And I saw these massive feet stomping and the Father belly laughing. I could hear his laugh. It was just reverberating around the throne room. It was so loud. I was like, okay, oh, that's so funny. And he was belly laughing because his kids were getting free because his kids were doing what they were born to do. We'd stepped into one of those restoration moments as a worshipping community where we weren't needing to be led and we weren't asking, you know, to be ministered to. We were ministering to the Lord, which is what we were created to do. And it just, it caused such joy to the Father. And it was interesting that it looked intense what was happening from Earth's perspective in the room, the worship, because his refining fire was there. But in the Father's eyes, it was bringing him joy that his kids were ministering to him, that his priests were ministering to him. So as I beheld that aspect of the father on the throne, his response and his character, I was able to reflect it. And I just felt such joy come over me because I was looking at the father be joyful. I just began to laugh because we become what we behold. Another way to just increase joy in a season of necessary intensity during revival is just admit your mistakes and embrace mess. You know, we have some real mess each week to deal with. I've got to deal with mess tomorrow deal with mess today. My own mess, let's start there, let alone other people's that you're, you know, privileged to do life with. With our staff who are learning to stretch out and up in a culture of freedom, we've got mess to clean up. But we'd rather clean a mess than have a tightly controlled environment where everyone has to stay smaller than the leader and it's devoid of spiritual life. So rather than being like, oh my gosh, I've got to go clean up a mess, We laugh and we love together. We laugh at people. We laugh with them because we're like, you're human. You've made a mess. We all make a mess. I made a mess five minutes ago. So let's go clean that up together and let's find joy in doing this relationally. Like when I make a mistake in preaching or worship or hosting, like so what? God's still on his throne. I want to bring a spirit of excellence because I love the Lord. But it's perfectionism when I'm hung up on mistakes. We just acknowledge it and move on with joy. You know, like just the last time I was on with Joel, who's been on the podcast, I don't know what I did, but it was whack and it was funny. You know, I would have been so intense about that even a few years ago, like, oh my gosh, you know, what an idiot. Instead, I just looked at him and the two of us had the biggest grin on our face because it's like, whatever, we're still ministering to the Lord. It's actually beautiful. And we can have joy in the fact that I'm free enough to admit my mistake. There's joy in the fact that, Jesus actually chooses me, not despite of my weakness and my wounds, but because of them. You know, I love the scripture, um, one of Paul's letters to the church in Corinth, where he talks about, I'm using the weak things of the world, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
he's doing that in this season. And there's actually no insecurity or lack of God confidence in saying this. I'm a fool that the Lord is using. (laughs) There's such joy because I'm not responsible to make anything happen. So just admit your mistakes, embrace your mess and have joy as you clean them up with your siblings, your mum, your dad, your spiritual kids. Let's just get about it. Our final way we've cultivated joy, the opposite end of the necessary tension and intensity is just don't sacrifice praise on the altar of worship. Ooh, don't sacrifice praise on the altar of worship. You know, we just um, went through a season where we weren't entering through his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Because we just went, oh, we just want to get into the inner courts, the Holy of Holies, worship the Lord, which is so beautiful and so noble and the Lord is gracious. But, you know, we have to come through the gates of praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving foster joy because when we list out what the Lord has done for us and who he is, it just joy bursts forth. And worship without praise can tend towards introspective, navel-gazing, rather than beholding, or it can tend towards being all intensity and lacking that fullness of joy that's found in his presence. We love what it's like in the inner courts, the holy of holies, but we can't forget the entry points because things just get super intense if we do. So that's my revival reflection for this week. In the midst of the necessary cost, the necessary sacrifice, the necessary mess, the insanity of this holy chaos There is fullness of joy if we learn to live aware. And without it, we become intense and heavy. I sure did. Man, I was no fun to be around. And I just want to be a burst of joy, a joy bomb in your ears today because ain't nobody got time for that, just pure intensity. No, we've got to carry it in tension. Yes, it's intense, but it's also joyful to be in his presence. So let me pray for you today. Father, I just thank you so much for every listener of this podcast. What a joy and what a privilege it is to just get to share from my little life and that you're using it to confound the wise. I pray, God, that the only testimony of my life would be she doesn't have all the degrees, she doesn't have everything, but she's clearly been with Jesus. And I pray for every listener today that they would also be known as people more than anything who've been with Jesus, the disciples whom Jesus loves. I thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy. And I thank you that we can be holy and fun, holy and joyful, because you are holy and you are joy. So I just pray for joy to burst out in every listener's life and heart right now, even as they just recall all the good things you've done in just the last 24 hours. So I give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, potty listeners, next week you're going to be blown away because you're going to experience the joy of testimony. I'm going to have two friends with me to share testimonies because, yeah, testimony is just super key for this season for us and a reflection that I've just shared with you today is we needed to really up the testimonies to make sure the intensity was measured and tethered to the joy. So the whole episode is going to be amazing stories of lives changed during this season. I don't want you to miss it. Can you do all the things today, please? Because it just really helps me to get into more people's ears. And it's not about me. It's all about the Lord. And I just want revival fires starting everywhere. All right. Love you guys. And thank you for all that you do to be part of this podcast. I am so grateful. And I'll be in your ears again really soon. 